You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Code SUPER24. I feel like who art ed? Try to spice it. Who art ed? Mr. Wood art ed me. <laughs> yeah. Either way, it, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to great start. Welcome to Who Arted Weekly Art History for All Ages. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and today we're going to be looking at Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu is a name that evokes a sense of wonder, beauty, and adventure. Nestled high in the Andes Mountains of Peru, this ancient Incan citadel is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and a bucket list destination for travelers from around the globe. So buckle up, we're going to explore one of the new wonders of the world. Machu Picchu would translate to Old Mountain, but it isn't that old. While stone ruins are often associated with the ancient civilizations thousands of years old, Machu Picchu is relatively young, being built a good thousand years after the fall of Rome. There is some debate as to its exact purpose. Most say it was built as a royal estate for the first Incan emperor, Pachacuti Inca Yupanqui. The sprawling complex is built into the side of the mountain, overlooking the Urubamba River in what is now Peru. Other historians have theorized that Machu Picchu may have been used as a retreat for the elite, largely serving ritual purposes, or perhaps it could have been a sort of military stronghold. It's hard to be certain because the Inca did not have a written language, so they didn't leave records stating their exact intentions for the space. This, of course, leaves the door open for those who always want to posit some wild conspiracy theories attributing the construction to aliens, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was built by humans. Now, let's dive into exactly how Machu Picchu was built. Now, picture this. It's the 15th century. The Inca Empire is at its peak with a sprawling territory about 2,500 miles long. Despite their success at empire building, they didn't have some of the tools that we saw in other civilizations of that era. To construct this architectural marvel, the Incas employed intricate engineering techniques without the use of wheels or iron tools. Stone blocks weighing up to 50 tons were transported from miles away and perfectly fitted together without the use of mortar. 
it's mind-boggling. They used a technique called ashlar, cutting stones to fit together like pieces of a puzzle. Some pieces would stick out while others would be slightly concave to help them stay joined. And what's really amazing is that this system, without any mortar holding the pieces in place, would not only work for the time that it was built, it was part of the reason the structure held up so well over time. It shouldn't come as a huge surprise that people who carefully and meticulously carved thousands of blocks to fit together so precisely were really thoughtful in their engineering. Peru experiences a lot of seismic activity, and Machu Picchu is near two fault lines. The Ashlar technique helped the buildings hold together because basically in an earthquake, the the blocks of stone could could bob and dance a little bit, but they would settle back into their initial places. And the Inca took other steps to make the buildings stand up to the earthquakes. The doorways and windows were trapezoidal. Along similar lines, they built walls that sloped inward with bracing blocks. Of course, great architecture is not just about the materials and engineering. Architecture is a marker of civilization, reflecting the zeitgeist, or the spirit of the time. Machu Picchu had residencies and sites like temples and an observatory that had ritual significance. Next to the royal residence was an observatory, which makes sense because astronomical observation was important for religious reasons, which served to support the Inca emperor's claim to power. Pachacuti claimed to be both a descendant of the sun and the sun himself. Honestly, I'm not really sure how that would work, but nonetheless, part of the job of a royal was to perform rituals that would maintain their relationship with the supernatural forces crucial to sustaining life for everyone within the empire. Now, how did Machu Picchu come to be abandoned? Well, it's a bit of a mystery, but historians believe that around 1572, so just around 100 years after it was built, during the Spanish conquest, the site was abandoned. The exact reason remains uncertain. From what I've read, the conquistadors didn't really get into Machu Picchu. But it's suspected that the Incas left due to either the threat of Spanish invaders or a smallpox epidemic. Whatever the reason, Machu Picchu lay hidden from most of the world for centuries, covered by dense vegetation, forgotten by time. Fast forward to 1911. A young American explorer named Hiram Bingham III set out on a quest to find the lost city of the Incas. Armed with curiosity and a sense of adventure, Bingham, much like Christopher Columbus, discovered, and I'm using the biggest air quotes possible there, a space that was pretty well known to the locals. While Bingham is often credited with finding the, again, quote, lost ruins of Machu Picchu while exploring the Andes, many locals in the region knew all about it. Melcher Artiega, a local innkeeper and farmer, served as a guide bringing Bingham to the site. And at the time of this (laughs) great rediscovery, there were local farmers still cultivating the terraces. 
the terraces were a major feature of Machu Picchu, but the use of terraces long predates the Incas. Creating these walled steps down the side of a mountain increased the land area for growing crops, and the retaining walls helped to prevent erosion. On the topic of erosion, water management was, of course, also very important. So they created stone channels to divert rainwater into 16 different stone fountains on the estate. Now, credit where credit is due, I suppose it was Bingham's efforts to bring it to the attention of the world that led to Machu Picchu's recognition and eventual restoration. Bingham was a professor at Yale, and his study of the site helped others to see and appreciate its greatness. When he and his team began excavating Machu Picchu, the Peruvian government gave them permission to take numerous artifacts, including jewelry, tools, ceramics, even bones, back to the U.S. for study, with the understanding that they could be requested and returned to Peru at any time. True-ish to their word, a hundred years and a federal court dispute later, Yale agreed to repatriate those artifacts. Today, Machu Picchu stands as an incredible testament to the architectural genius of the Inca civilization. Its remarkable preservation and breathtaking surroundings make it a must-visit destination for travelers and history enthusiasts. Exploring the terraces, the temples, and the intricately carved stone walls, one can't help but feel a deep sense of wonder and awe. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And of course, on the website, whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.